Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm Shannon Keegan. Have you heard of the Swim Cube? Located a few hours outside of London in Brixworth County Park, Swim Cube opened for swim coaching and analysis in 2018. Like myself, head coach Stuart Hackert advocates for taking the first step to improving your stroke by seeing yourself swim. It's easy to envision yourself swimming perfectly, but to actually make change, you need to connect the dots between what you think you're doing and what you're actually doing. Even if there's not an endless pool near you, you can still get feedback on your stroke by taking footage of yourself swimming and sending it to me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Did you know that Stuart is also a marathon swimmer? After a couple of experiences crossing the Sea of Galilee, he completed the English Channel in 2018. He tells us all about it in this episode. Enjoy. Stuart, what's your what's guess, your story? <laughs> I guess that'll be uh, that'll be fun for me actually because a lot of um, I haven't really thought a lot about my own swimming. My the last I guess two years it's it's, it's flown by um, since I opened the swim cube. All my attention's been on that you know, really kind of putting my own swimming aside for a little while, not, not forever, certainly, but, but whilst I was in that setup phase and getting things going. So it's nice to chat yeah, about where it all began a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, when did you, when did you start swimming? Are you a lifelong swimmer? Yeah, I am. Yeah. So I guess it starts the same way for lots of people, right? You have parents that are smart and go, I don't want my kids to drown if, if they fall off a boat. So they, they throw you into swimming lessons like every parent should. I'll throw that in. <laughs> um, and then you become a club swimmer and you plow up and down the pool and you, and you get ferried all around the country by your parents to, to races. Uh, and then like a lot of people I know, swimming is such an intense sport um, when you're young. And so the drop-off in swimming, I see it with with the, with my own girls now, that the drop-off's huge because it's you have to choose it above everything else when you're a kid. It's like swimming, gymnastics, and maybe some other sports. Right. Have this insane intensity around them. And I, I I'm no different. So so when I discovered that there are other things in life, I guess they took over and I stopped swimming, certainly from a competitive standpoint. Um, university and beer and women and all, all that other stuff <laughs> yeah yep yep um and, and i i said this on the on the call that i was on with carrie on the other night and, and i say it again what really restarted and rekindled my love of, of swimming that was always there was that whole period of time where open water swimming became this real thing for, for a long time before that it wasn't it was something some people some crazy people did yeah. And then in the UK, I'm really talking from a UK perspective, but there'll probably be a, a similar story for you. There was Kerry Ann um, with her Olympic journey and really making something. She became like the, the face of the Olympics for the UK, mm-hmm. doing her 10K stuff. There was the rise of triathlon. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't have told you what a triathlon was. And all of a sudden, all your mates are triathletes, every one of them. <laughs> Um, and I really had to try it. And, and so I, I, I don't know how long ago it is now. It must be pushing 10 years ago. I entered a small swim called the Great North Swim, mainly to, um, to have fun, to do something with my sister, because me and my sister weren't doing anything together like we used to, and we both used to swim. So we entered a one-mile uh, race in the Great North Swim. 
which is Windermere. I don't know if you're probably familiar with those terms, I guess, but I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a mass participation thing up in Windermere. And I loved it. I loved it. And I was good at it because I used to swim anyway and you don't lose that. Right. From there for me, it just kind of went, I'm, I'm an obsessive person. It went bigger and bigger. It was one mile. Then the following week I entered another one that was two miles and then 5k and 10k and all in that and then first the, year. I, I think pretty much, yeah. Certainly within the first two years, I was doing yeah. kind of 10K races. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became something different. I, I moved away from the racing part of my brain and started to think, I wonder how far I could swim. Mm-hmm. You've probably heard this this story a lot. <laughs> well, sounds, so far, it sounds like a little like my own. I started with the one mile <laughs> and then did yeah. the 10K the next year. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's, it's an addictive thing. And, and it, as soon as I started swimming long, you suddenly get this different side of, of open water swimming. And it's that, that solitude side of it, you know, like mm-hmm. Zooms and phones and emails and Yep. family and jobs and all that stuff collides all the time especially now this certain age uh and i found that i could really uh, that actually solitude is something that's quite difficult for me i'm a very social person but also very good for me i, I think and this is a grandiose statement to make but i, I honestly think that marathon swimming made me more reflective and, and just a better person actually i love it so um, I, I started off, the big goal for me at that point was to swim Windermere. I'd started there with the Great North Swim doing one mile mm-hmm. and we got this boat to the start line. And I remember thinking on that boat, I'd love to swim the whole of this thing. That would be amazing. How, so two years after, it's, it's 10 and a half miles. Okay. Uh, so in American language, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 17 <laughs> kilometers or something like that. Um, okay. So I went back uh, two years after that swim and, and did the whole of Windermere. I made horrendous mistakes on that swim that I look back at now and think, wow, you, you knew nothing. <laughs> we all have to start somewhere, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah. I, I made a lot of mistakes, but I finished and I, and I mm-hmm. felt great, great for doing so. Uh, and at the time, I had a job that meant a lot of international travel. Um, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for... 20 years or so uh, in sales so I, I took to wherever I would get sent with work I would seek out the local open water swimming groups and I would just swim awesome. with them that's great and that that culminated in uh, I met some amazing people in Israel actually there's this fabulous group of swimmers there they, they go under the banner of SAFSAL I don't even know what it stands for S-A-F-S-A-L look them up okay. you should interview <laughs> some of them they're, they're just fabulous okay <laughs> Uh, and they invite me to swim the Sea of Galilee. And, and that honestly is my favorite ever swim. It That's just, so cool. One of my clients I, wants to swim the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> I mean, I would love to myself, but I just, I, I admire her for just being something that she put out there. Because <laughs> she hasn't done a 10K, but she's, anyway, she's got, got that hope. That's great. I'd be happy to chat with her. I, I, because not just because I've done that swim, but because I know a lot of people that will help her. Okay. If she gets yeah. around to wanting to do it, then... They're just such wonderful, warm, warm people, and they'll want to help. Um, Great. So yeah, that was a, it was an adventure. You know, I managed to wangle it as a work trip, a work trip. <laughs> I saw like, I saw like one client, and then got a taxi from 
from Tel Aviv to the Sea of Galilee. Stayed on a kibbutz the night before. Got up at three in the morning and, and did this swim. And that was, and uh, what's the distance yeah. of that one again? I tell, there's a story around this. You wanted <laughs> okay. stories. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so the distance of, of that from end to end, I, I've swam it south to north. I think in a straight line, you're looking at 21, 22 kilometers, something like that. Okay. I swam a lot further that day because that swim went very badly wrong. Mm. <laughs> well, it, I, I say that I, I managed to finish it, but it, yeah. it, it kind of was a bit strange and I learned a lot. We, there was a group of us doing the swim that day that had invited me. I mentioned those swimmers and they decided that me and one other swimmer were faster than the group and we shouldn't swim with them because it would be, you know, it's like if you're in a group and the pacing's really different. It's very, it's very hard. So they've got this main boat, right, that they're all swimming with. And then they've got this kayaker who's going to go with us uh -huh. because we're faster. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was a really windy day, like much windier than they'd anticipated it being. I'm not, I don't speak Hebrew other than I know how to say I do not speak Hebrew. So we start swimming and essentially our kayaker, we stop for our first feed and he's not there. This happens again on our second feed. Like we're floating around in the water looking for our kayaker. Not, not cool. Your, mar your marathon swimming community will understand how frightening yes, that yes. is. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then on the second one, he, when he did find us, he essentially said, it's too windy. I cannot do this. And I, I cannot do this. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and my brain's going, you're, you're like in the Sea of Galilee on the border of Syria in speedos. I, there is no getting out of this lake because this kayaker doesn't want to do it. I'm wandering around asking for advice. So um, me and the other swimmer decide that the best course of action is to try to find the main boat. And we knew that it started to our right. So we figure if, if we swim across the lake instead of where we're going again not something you want to do on a marathon swim, right, swim the, right. wrong, the wrong way With no feed right so you've got no food kayakers blown off yeah <laughs> <What's that>? so <laughs> so we so we start swimming my my friend and she's a great friend of mine she's basically swearing in hebrew but i could tell what she was saying uh, so we swim across the lake and completely fortunately in the distance we see the main boat which we find and, and the group of swimmers and then the rest of the swim that first time, cause I've done this swim twice because I had to go back and do it again. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. oh, we, we essentially are swimming and then circling back and then swimming and circling back. So that, that long story was an answer to your, how far is it? I have no idea how far <laughs> I swim Yeah, a lot kidding. further than I should have. Yeah. Um, I just learned so much that day about mental, the mental side of, um, of marathon swimming. I, that, that was the hardest thing I think I've had to overcome in a swim because my, I lost it. My brain was really, I was frightened. I've never been frightened before in the water and I was actually frightened, um, which is a, yeah, it took, it took something to. Yeah. To, yeah. Well, you knew you could swim. So were, what were you, what was the driver of the fear? Just that we wouldn't find the boat, wouldn't find the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, all of those things. Yeah. Where's that boat? 
people how what do we do if we can't find that boat because mm-hmm. like like many of the lakes in america it's not if it, you can't see the shore i mean it's a yeah. massive lake yeah and you're thinking okay well this is this is not cool um your adventure isn't quite panning out how you had expected right <laughs> i i wasn't I, I you know i described it as being frightened i, I mean i wasn't i'm never that overwhelmed in the water i'm always a little bit too comfortable in water i think um but yeah once we found the boat it was kind of fun right you're swimming around to all these people and yeah the fear goes away and and uh, and on we went yeah yeah so i went back and did that swim again with another friend of mine a few years later and it went far more to plan <laughs> and yeah. took two I, I think like two hours less or something like that. yeah 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 that's uh that's um the first in 2011 I w- did a relay on of in search of Memphrey and um on Lake Memphremagog with a crew of people that Phil White and if you're familiar with him he's in the northeast kingdom of Vermont close to Canada well the end the lake spans the U.S. Canada border but there was a, mm-hmm. there was parts I was uh, my relay partner was the one swimming when we had the the one foot swells and the headwind and kayakers were blowing. We started at midnight kayakers were disappearing right and left. And anyway, it, um, it's good to have those stories because you start to, <laughs> you start to realize, um, you know, you know what people are capable of, but it's definitely dangerous and scary <laughs> when it's happening. It's, it's also, it's also those, those moments when they happen, like everything, you never expect anything to go wrong, but you know that it can. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of remind yourself that that's what you train for in in marathon swimming. You put yourself in these strange positions in training, exactly so that when you're doing a swim, you've got something to lean on. You can go right. I, I've been I've been told about this. I know how to deal with this. It's okay. Right. Right. Um, Even yeah, just that knowledge of knowing. Oh, so other people have been you know, stuck in the Sea of Galilee without a boat and they made it to <laughs> help somebody I love, else. I love even the, the, the sound of that, the Sea of Galilee. So I'm not beautiful. a religious guy, but it's like the history there is incredible. So you don't have to be religious to really appreciate like the amazing history of, of that you're swimming in. Right. Like in the Bible, whether you believe in him or not, Jesus walked across the Sea of Galilee. So I figured if I swim the full length of it, that's one up on the big man, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. <laughs> um, let's go back to so you're getting into marathon swimming. What is what? How do you how do you feel when you're finishing these big long swims? What's that feel like for you? Uh, I think different every time. It depends on the on the swim that you do. With the channel that I did in 2018. I, I have to admit the first feeling I had was overwhelming relief um, because, uh, because we put pressure on ourselves, right? You, you enter something to do something. My dad was on the boat um, and, and there was something in that for me. There was something about uh, me and my dad doing this thing together and I didn't want to let anyone down. And I know that's not a particularly positive reason to, to do something, but it, it's palpable, right? You can feel it. So I remember when I got onto that beach, the first thing I thought was just the relief of, of having done it. Mm-hmm. And then those kind of really good feelings come after that for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Also, it hurts. Like, I'm not getting any younger. So you, you swim for hours and hours and hours. It, it hurts. 
yeah <laughs> so that's all so that's also a nice thing about it yeah I think yep. I, I, I got to ask the question back there I mean what kind of emotions do you do you find you you feel when you finish big swims um I yeah the 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 an overwhelming sense of pride and I guess my 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 marathon swim story is kind of traverse like having kids because it's just been this last decade for me as well um so it's um but I but I always finish going okay well I did that uh what else could I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the, think, the, the sense of relief, of course. Um, but I actually, yeah. Do have you had that thing where you kind of, you get upright again and then you, your body is like has to regulate, like readjust to being like in that upright position, You're, like getting all lightheaded and that stuff. I had visions when, when I finished the, the channel, I had visions of um, like running out of the sea, like Daniel Craig, um, <laughs> And so as soon as there was sand, I, I, I stood up and I, I started my uh, like Baywatch type run. And I, I think I managed like two steps and I went face down. <laughs> um, if you've been like horizontal for that long, you shouldn't be standing up. Right. Yeah. Quickly. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's bad enough if you get off your own sofa too quickly, let alone <laughs> exactly. right. you know, that tired. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think there's something in that, that that you said, you know, about um, the kids and the family and people's reason for doing stuff. You know, I, I, I say to people that one of the reasons I started to do marathon swims is because I've gotten myself really unfit and I've got these two kids and I'm thinking, I want to show them that you can do stuff that you, that, you know, even your old man can, can still like achieve big stuff if he puts his mind to it there was a big part of that in there for me you know that kind of I guess pride you use the word to, to make to make them proud as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's a big one I think it was Evan Morrison that talked about that you know like he, he said something like you're familiar with Evan Morrison yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, yeah um he talked about just like how it's this you know, it's something you'll always look back on. Like, I, like I did that, you know, you all just, you always have that sense of pride and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's really, it's something, I mean, I mean, I guess you could feel, I mean, if I had a gold medal from the Olympics, maybe I feel that same pride, but, but that's not, that was not in my DNA. Like it, anyway, so it, like finding marathon swimming, it's been a huge <laughs> sense of a pride and accomplishment that I just haven't found in other areas of my life but and it's something that you can achieve there's a few other people I've talked to too they're just like you know like realizing you know that you could be you know that like you were talking about having been a former swimmer but not finding you know like you said like this the intensity of it finding a way you can kind of channel that intensity into this like new way that Mm -hmm. uh, you can start midlife you know like and that's what I just love about like the stories is like people start when they're 50 you know that maybe weren't even swimmers as kids it's just the stories are just amazing just and yeah I think you know the 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 emotional kind of attachment that you that I can hear in you actually when you're talking about these this stuff that is um I have to say this and I say it all the time that is also because this community, this open water marathon swimming community specifically, is incredible, right? So it's not just you wanting to do another swim or the next swim for you and to make your family proud. It's the fact that you know if you do this other swim, you're going to meet a whole another whole bunch of amazing people. Yeah. Because I've met some of, some of my favorite people in the world um, through this strange sport. 
really incredible um, group of, of people. And as you said yourself, that it's made you a better person. And that's why think, I'm recruiting actively. I'm trying to get to make all of us better people <laughs> by getting you know, more it, people to be marathon swimmers. <laughs> it, it, it does sound kind of self-indulgent to say that, doesn't it? That something has made you a better person. But I, I genuinely think it has. It made me calmer. Yeah. Like it, well, partly it, the solitude, but also partly just having this thing that's yours, that you're doing and that you your focus is is there again it, it, I don't know quite what it is but I definitely feel a lot um yeah a lot more yeah a, a lot calmer I think is a good way of, of phrasing mm-hmm. that yeah it's and it's interesting to see um I mean I still I kind of in just going through the stories I hear that there's some people that kind of still have the intensity that want to like set records and um you know but the, and there's like the pioneers who want to do the new the next Mm -hmm. double the next triple the next or the new routes it's it's um it's intriguing but it I think it's because it because it is internal and the people are invest they're doing the self-investigation and they're pushing themselves and their personal limits I think that's where it's let's I think I was talking in someone else's story about how it's like this productive channeling of like the inner of energies of, of kind of a competitive energy but you're but you're but you're doing it to better yourself maybe you know but in mm-hmm. in the light of you see other people doing these really cool things and you're like oh what if I could do that you know so not like in that oh I'm gonna try to beat them like maybe you will but we never know if we'll have the same day we never know like there's so many factors about it that it can become it's just yours at the end I, and I, 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 I agree completely with that I, I think there's lots in what you just said one of them is that there's those people that want to set records and things and for me good good for them right because that's their thing they want to go and and i don't know be the fastest or the first person to do something um others just it truly is just an internal um individual thing but you you said at the end something that's really important in marathon swimming there's too many variables to worry yourself about how long a swim takes it has to be i'm going to get in at this side and I'm going to get out of the other. And I learned that because it goes against my instincts, right? My instinct from club swimming is to go that the time it takes to do something matters. Right. Um, and then, you know, like in my own channel swim, it was horrendously windy, right? You can check on channel swims what the wind was like. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to look at. <laughs> yeah. And especially at the end. So my pilot, I was heading, I was, it was a good tide and I'm heading straight for the cap. And the pilot decides to turn left and take me into Wisson. Anyone that's done the channel knows that's further, right? It's like, an, it's going to add an hour onto your swim. And it actually took me a, a while to realize, first up, the pilot did the right thing because he didn't want me to land on a rock in 20 plus mile an hour wind. And secondly, it doesn't matter because you got out in front and that was the goal. Yeah. Um, it, it did it does it does take a little bit with myself just overcome that how long did it take what too many variables right you can't compare one swim with another mm-hmm. but that's like I think that like that letting go like even that process that's what makes the community so great is because we're all having to go through that process so we're all kind of processing it together and that's what makes it that's what makes us like kindred spirits when we meet one another just like oh yeah I've done that definitely <laughs> Definitely. Where do, do, do you do all of your kind of do you, training locally or have you been internationally and done any training and things like that? Um, Some of my favorite times in marathon swimming have been training journeys rather than the swims themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I I haven't done anything. I was supposed to go to Loch Ness this year, but no, I guess I haven't. The short answer is no, I haven't um, made it internationally this last my first 10k was in Bermuda but that wasn't <laughs> um that's cool. but, but that's uh that I haven't made it to any of the awesome camps like the hit the wall and whatever there's so many fantastic ones um in that I like, did the uh, I did Ned Dennison's um camp before the channel uh-huh oh sorry I, oh. I lost you there my phone okay. is just playing up Are you back <laughs> yeah yeah um Loch Ness that's very was, cool well yeah yeah last year I did Tahoe and Memphremagog which is like there's like this triple crown of lake monster swims I have a lot more sea swimming to do um <laughs> but uh anyway the third one in the triple crown of lake monster swims is Loch Ness so that was on my radar this year but I, I'm not even pandemic. familiar that there is a monster swim right well um, you know there's people right. out there making up all kinds of things <laughs> yeah it's uh, that's very cool yeah um anyway but i was i'm hoping to host camps as well that's um one of the things that because i i've kind of had a similar experience it's just even that like scar in arizona where you're just like doing there's this community and you're there every day and you're with the same people and there's kingdom swim week up in vermont and um and just like it's when you're in that environment i think that's where people can really stretch themselves um, I had a, this whole camp planned on Lake Shasta, which is one of our really big lakes in Northern California. And we were going to have people on a houseboat and just like swim, you know, like it was, it was fantastic. It will be fantastic someday. But anyway, that had, that was, as, as was well, last year. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it will, you know, this year has been crazy. Uh, just before this call that we have, we just had yet another, um, national coronavirus update from those in in power telling us what the newest bad news is mm. and it it it's felt like this um yeah throughout it feels it's hard to remember pre you know i don't know that that will go back before so much, times but yeah yeah it's uh... you know bc as it's called before COVID. <laughs> yes exactly it, yeah. it will it will be back the scientists solve it and they are solving it and once lots of vaccinations are rolled out you can swim with the monsters again yeah <laughs> i mean we just all got to keep as positive as we can i've yeah. definitely had my my down low really low times this year i know a lot have yeah but it's um yeah it'll it'll all be back to normal at some point and i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> yeah so uh, tell me a little bit more about the pandemic how has it you've said you've had some low times how has it been for you uh well uh, yeah i i think everyone's story is different on, on how this has affected them and it, it's affected everybody for me you alluded earlier on i set i set up a swim business called the swim cube because i love it right this was my attempt, do this every day and you're never working again because this is not work. Right. And the first year of SwimCube passed and it was just everything I wanted it to be. It was fantastic. And then year two starts and this pandemic hits. <laughs> and when you set up a new business, you don't have a lot of safety nets. You know, I left a job to do it and everything else. And I'm, I've been closed for half a year because of this pandemic. Literally zero incomes, completely closed it's very stressful. And my story is not unique in that sense. Small businesses all over the world yeah. are crying out, going, what do we do? Um, but I'm still here and I'm very determined. I, I think I'm going to try and like, do some mental acrobatics and link that back a little to this marathon swimming thing. 
good idea. <laughs> I'm resilient because of that marathon swimming. Yeah. And that resilience has been needed in spades in 2020. Yeah. Um, to be able to see the end of, of what appears to be a never-ending tunnel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be back and I'm, I'll be back doing what I love after yeah. Christmas, hopefully. <laughs> that sounds great um yeah that's why i started marathon swim stories i think everybody has something to learn from marathon swimmers <laughs> to yeah. get getting through this this tough time and then comparing notes on it is helpful too this um and the parallels you know sometimes they 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 fall through but <laughs> but there's there's but you are you're resilient and you'll get through this yeah you have to be resilient right to do marathon swimming there is no way of 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 doing those swims without that yeah. whether you ha- whether you have it already resilience or whether you need to find it it's so it's a they the cliche is it's 80 percent mental i totally agree with that cliche i think it is yeah 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 but what do you do when it gets really hard how do you get through those really scary tough spots how did you get out of the sea of galilee get over those fears uh so I, I spoke to some people actually that I know, um, just looking through the list of people you've spoken to. I talked earlier on about how amazing this community is. So I know from a personal point of view that the hardest part of doing the big swims for me was going to be the mental side of it. I'm not very good at being on my own. I never have been. If, if my family and wife go out for an evening, I'm going to be on my own for five minutes before I've called someone and said, hey, come round." <laughs> It's not a good trait for something that's as isolating as a, as a marathon swim. So I had to work on that as much, if not more than, than my swimming and try to find um, the, the tricks that I could use in swims in order to calm my own base instincts. I spoke to lots of people. I, I spoke to one of them you interviewed a South African called uh, Graham. Mm-hmm. I spoke to Ned Dennison, I spoke to others. Everyone's got their thing, right? Ned counts. It literally counts strokes. I tried that. It's awful. I couldn't, <laughs> st- I couldn't stand it for more than a minute. Um, Graham's got his army of minions that he visualizes walking around his body for healing himself. I tried that. It didn't work for me either. And I, I settled on, um, I, I like to play alphabet games, so... My favorite one is to go through the alphabet and with each letter, I'll think of some, somebody who I know and I'll dedicate like 10 minutes to them. I'll think, how do I know them? Why do I care about them? What are they probably thinking about your idiot swim that you're doing? Why do I, what matters to, about that person? And then I'll go through the whole alphabet and then I'll start again. And t- it passes a lot of time for me. And it feeds my social instincts to be thinking about people and not abstract stuff. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. There was some swim I heard about. Somebody was doing a swim for charity and they had people donate and they had picked a mile that they were donating for so that every time they right. would feed. And I, was, I just thought that was the neatest idea. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I like the alphabet though. That's a way you could, you know, well, at least try to keep track. I always tend to lose track whatever I'm trying to sing or, or count or whatever. <laughs> but, but that's okay also, too. <laughs> when you play alphabet games, you realize, um, it gives you a good idea of how bad your swim is getting. If you can't think of an animal beginning with E, for example, that happened to me in the channel. I, I, yelled, I yelled at the boat, just tell me an animal beginning with E. And my dad said, 
elephant you idiot Karen <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it, but that's where it, that's what happens with your mind you're not you're just yeah you're just you know you're hopping around <laughs> your your brain's hopping around all over everything it can't keep track of animals <laughs> I like that. exactly <laughs> but yeah no, you, it's good sorry go on I was just gonna say how do you think we can recruit more marathon swimmers how can we include more people in the sport hey I mean I think that the that this weird year is gonna do that in spades it really is um i don't know if this is happening in the states as well but in in the uk the fact that they closed all the pools meant so many more people just tried open water swimming Mm -hmm. tons more people that never considered it before and i know from experience that if enough people try open water swimming you're going to grow your your marathon swimming community because everybody everybody's always looking like you said for the next thing so that will do it. And also talking about it, like things like you're doing, it's fantastic. I love hearing stories of, of um, the crazy swims that people are doing, the new ideas, all that stuff. It's, uh, yeah, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a you lot don't want of your water. community, you don't want your community to get too big though, because if it gets <laughs> too big, then um, yeah, you're going to struggle to find your uh, event, like the channel, right? It's hard uh, yes. to get a place for the channel. Yes. Yeah. It's like not so on my radar because it's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. I love channel relays and things, but there's a whole lot of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. What a wonderful sport. Everyone should do it, right? Right. Well, there's a lot of water in the world, so we don't have to all do the same channel. <laughs> we could do all kinds of other places. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that, that sentiment. I think it's true. No, I'm, I'm not looking to be a pioneer, but if I, if I go somewhere where there's a, some bit of water that isn't like a well-known swim, mm-hmm. they're the ones I enjoy the most, right? They're, right? they're like, you feel like some sort of intrepid explorer or something if you, yeah. you go and swim some new place. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I guess my, my hope too, by recruiting and growing open water and marathon swimming is that we can keep our water clean or make it get it cleaner and keep it clean and all that kind of stuff too so we have to get everyone in the water (laughs) this this um zoom thing that you mentioned that i did the other night the other person speaking was lewis Pugh, who Mm -hmm. is really big on that you know ocean health and um i i I always feel guilty when i talk about this sort of stuff because i i don't i think everyone feels this sense of i don't really think i do enough in that regard right maybe i should maybe i should it's 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 overwhelming and when i get overwhelmed mm. i tend to <laughs> freeze up so i just move to something else <laughs> yeah not yeah. a good trait but um but yeah but thankfully there's people out there that are trying to trying to figure out to talk with world leaders to do you know mind-blowing swims and um mm. and yeah and i'm with you i i could do more and i don't know what to do so if someone has a suggestion <laughs> i'm open to it <laughs> Uh, yeah. what what advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer um get I'll, I'll give a few things off the top of my head first of all i'd say wherever you are in the world whatever you your swimming is like find a coach that you can have a good relationship with work a bit on how you swim because it will make your mar- your eventual marathon swims more fun the easier they are and the better you swim and the less you get injured the more fun and the more you'll get from it so that's my first tip and, and it's why I set up what I did the second is get to know yourself T- take it seriously when marathon swimmers talk to you about the mental side of, of the of the event 
and work on that as much as just swimming. Make it something that you really kind of embrace. And I, I talked earlier on about that with me. It was the hardest part for me. For, without any shadow of a doubt was, you know, like I read a book. Um, what's that book called? The one about your chimp, the chimp paradox. You ever read that? No, no, but I've heard a different book, but it, sm- it like touches on the same concepts. Chimp paradox. Yeah. Okay. So the chimp paradox I read, right. And this is not a book you can probably tell based on everything I've said so far. <laughs> that I would ever have considered reading before because it trespassed a little too much on things that I just kind of ignore in my life. But I did. I read books like that. I embraced them. I thought about it. Um, so that would be tip two. Get to know yourself. Work out how to, how to soothe um, your brain um, so that you can deal with everything that marathon swims can throw at you. And they really can. Like in the channel, let me, I'll throw a story in, another example of something going wrong. I'm good at those. I love it. My dad throws my, dad throws my feed off the side of the boat. I was using a retractable dog lead um, for feeds with a bottle on the end. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Easy, Makes sense. We figure, we figure easier than, than string because you can just press the button. Just and it falls back in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Until it goes wrong. Meant, <laughs> <laughs> Until it goes wrong. So I also mentioned that it was windy that day. So my dad throws the feed. My jelly babies, I need to add, were in one of those bottles. <laughs> okay. And and the wind the wind hits, the wave hits the boat, and the boat rocked big time backwards as he as he threw the feed in. And so it went straight under the boat. It wrapped around the prop and the boat stopped. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god. I could see the bottles. It literally wrapped around the prop, the, the lead, the dog lead, and the bottles were clamped right next to the prop to the just in front of the, the propeller and I could see them from the water. And I'm thinking, I remember Ned talking on this training camp that I did about a lobster pot could get caught around the boat and you could be swimming around the boat for hours. You need to be ready for that. <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking, Oh my God, like, why does this happen? So I start swimming towards the boat because I'm figuring I'm the only one that can free these things. The observer shouts at me, do not go near the boat. You cannot touch the boat. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> who else is going to do it? Like, it was one of those moments where your brain, again, starts playing tricks on you. It felt like hours, um, but it was probably just minutes. And then they gunned the propeller and it ripped through the lead and it ripped through both the bottles. I lost all my jelly babies. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the oh. sad conclusion of, of my it's story. Like- this uh, this stuff happens like you, yes. you hear about it but it just happens doesn't it things never never are quite you can't plan a marathon swim properly no no you have got to be ready for anything that's that's the preparation like you said it's a good one do you, do you have any of those moments in swims where it's been like uh i did not anticipate this thing happening <laughs> i must i well um i'm I well inevitably there's there's the things yeah that I that I didn't an- anticipate happening but um but I only have one more question for you and then I have to, unfortunately I have to run to another swim story I packed them up today <laughs> so, that's okay so I, you gotta you gotta okay. tell me what marathon swimmers have inspired you <clears throat> ah what a good question that is okay I'm gonna give you two answers one of them's an obvious one Carrie-Anne uh, herself, different kind of swimming, you know, mm-hmm. that, that racing instinct. But what that definitely inspired me to start, like watching people like Carrie-Anne in the Olympics. 
I, I know so many amazing marathon endurance swimmers. I'm going to pick one from your part of the world that I just think is great, who I met on a, a course, uh, and that is Mo Mech Montgomery in the States. She's a wonderful lady. She's done some amazing swims, and she's just a fab person who I've kept in touch with ever since that camp. I could literally ruin your next one by going on forever about people that have inspired me. <laughs> well, I will have to circle back because I'm starting season two in January and I'm going to have return guests. So, <laughs> so many. There's a, a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine called um, Nick Merch is another. Okay. Um, he's, he's another wonderful human being. He's done some amazing swims, including the North Channel, which he made look easy because he's incredible in the water. Mm-hmm. And he's a, and he's also been amazing this year with what he's done, like frontline NHS as a consultant. Wow. Yeah, I, I'd put Nick right up there. Amazing okay. guy. All right, I'm gonna have to get good? some contact info from you so I can reach these people. <laughs> yeah, well, Carrie Ann mentioned said to me the, the other night that I should start like a Swim Geeks Anonymous group. Ah, uh, so, so maybe maybe I'll do that and just get everyone <laughs> chatting. I love it. I'm I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Stuart. It's been wonderful hearing your story. I love it. It's been lovely to talk to you. Hopefully uh, 2021 brings all the the swims and lock messes and things that you (laughs) think that we're looking for. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.